0: The following content is brought to you by Mr. Fister, Orange Thunder, Paul Bramblett and Abigail 13. It is Monday, September 7th. I go back to work tomorrow uh, for my day job, which if you guys did not know is teaching. Um, So I'm going to head back to work tomorrow. That means that the live show should be on a more regimented schedule because generally what happens is I get home from work, I sit down, and I record the podcast uh, right as soon as I get home from work. So, you know, during the summer months, that doesn't happen. I record it whenever I kind of feel like it so that it isn't interfering with the rest of my day. Um, But now that I'm going to be back at work, you should expect that generally for the most part at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I will be recording Nintendo Switchcraft live either on my Twitch channel or my YouTube channel, and you can find links to all of the places that you need to go by heading on over to my website, which is runjumpstomp.com. Uh, this is episode 578 of Nintendo Switchcraft, and we've got, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We've got, well we've got stuff to talk about. I don't know if it's a lot. I think that uh, I think that this will be an average episode. I'm I'm aiming for about a half an hour. We're going to talk about today some new Joy-Cons which ha- were actually patented back in 2016, but the patent was just renewed and they're very interesting looking and what does that say about the possibility of a Switch Pro on its way? We've got some delays to talk about not delays of anything that we're necessarily waiting for but things that we just found out about it seems like maybe they were delayed um 3d all-stars which is not even out yet is already uh the pre-sales for that game is uh absolutely crazy town uh banana pants like it's really really high Uh, sales for for that game, and we'll talk about quite how high uh, they actually are. I really struggled with that sentence. And then, of course, we've got the mailbag, which most of the time I reserve for Fridays, but because we had the Nintendo Direct on Friday, I didn't have a chance to talk about um, our mailbag topic, which was board games. So uh, with all of that being said, let's jump into the actual show right now. Let's get started with this patent that was uncovered. Uh, it looks like by Video Game Chronicles, or I'm sorry, VideoGameChronicle.com. I'm not sure why I always tend to pluralize uh, their website, but this is a patent that was originally filed by Nintendo of Japan back in uh, 2018. I, in, the, in the beginning of the show, I said 2016. That was a mistake. It was uh, 2018 and then it was internationally registered in April of 2020, and it includes multiple images of an updated Joy-Con design. Now, the thing that you're probably noticing if... Well, okay, first off, if you're listening to the show and you're like, well, what does it look like? Uh, Check out the show notes over at runjumpstomp.com, and you will... This is episode 578, okay? And then you, you'll see these actual patents, or you can go and watch the, the VOD on my Twitch channel because that's where I'm recording this live right now. Uh, again, links at runjumpstomp.com. But what you should notice about this particular drawing, this patent drawing, is that there's no rail for the Joy-Con to slide onto the side of the Nintendo Switch. And what this what this seems to indicate is that this would be the perfect kind of device for a a non-portable version of the Switch. A a version of the Switch where you don't detach the Joy-Cons at all because you don't ever attach the Joy-Cons. They are permanently detached from the Nintendo Switch, which makes it seem like the kind of thing that you would have on, let's say, a Switch Pro that would plug into the TV and be a non portable Nintendo Switch. Now, if Nintendo does something like that, I think that that's a great move. There's a lot of people out there, um, and Nintendo has done studies on this, and they've indicated that that what they have found is that it's kind of 50 50. Uh, 50% of the people who play on Switch never take it out of the dock. Uh, 50% of the people who play on Switch never dock it really outside of charging it. Um, They have that data because they get that from your Switch when you uh, hook it up to the internet. And it makes a lot of sense for Nintendo to make a Nintendo Switch. Maybe it's a Switch Pro or maybe it's just a, I don't know what they would call it, but a Nintendo Switch that is only ever hooked up to a TV. They could save a lot of money in what it costs to manufacture something like that because now they don't have to worry about batteries. They don't have to worry about uh, a screen. They don't have to worry about um, the extra gyroscope that's in the actual Nintendo Switch console. The only thing, uh, like that's a bunch of things that they take out of the Switch and it costs them less to manufacture it. And then you hook it up to your TV and you play games just like you normally would on any uh, home console. So, you know, here's my thoughts on this. Does that mean that they put out a Switch that does exactly what the current Switch does, only doesn't hook or doesn't detach from a TV? Or is this a more powerful Switch that can push more resolution or a higher frame rate or make it easier on developers to make games? I don't know. I've said a million times on the show that I think that for Nintendo to bifurcate their market by making a new Nintendo Switch um, not uh, like games only compatible with the new version, I think personally that that would be a mistake. But, you know, uh, Nintendo knows things better than I do. And I think that it is possible that we could see a Nintendo Switch that hooks only up to a TV, which I think is a great idea, but also is more powerful. And why would they do that? Well, they would do that because then it would be easier for developers to take the games that they're making for, let's say the Xbox Series X or the PS5, and port that to the Nintendo Switch. I'm curious um, what you all think about these particular Joy-Cons. One thing that I will note... And just because it's not shown on here doesn't mean that it won't be on there. Um, But it seems like this is the kind of thing where it would not have, like I'm not seeing in these drawings the SR buttons and the LR buttons. Um, I also don't see the home button or the the screenshot button. Those buttons aren't on here. I think that this is just like a, I, I don't know how patents work. But I think that this is just like a pl- pl- preliminary design. And if they were to actually make this, then it would probably need to have at least the home button and the screenshot button. I don't know that it's necessary to have the SR and LR buttons on there, as you probably wouldn't take one off and hand it to somebody. This might be something where, you know, everybody's got the the controls uh, that they you know for you know player one has two of these and player two has two of these my next um question is if this is how you play with um with this non non slide rail joy-con does that mean that you also can't hook these up to a grip so you have to play with them separate and that doesn't bother me at all, but I know a lot of people who don't like playing with the Joy-Cons separated. They prefer to have them together. Of course, you could just get a pro controller, and maybe that's what you end up wanting to do anyway. Anyway, let me know what you guys think about this. I think it's weird and very, very interesting. You know, we've been saying all along through 2020 that, you know, this thing is delayed, that thing is delayed. And so far, Nintendo hasn't actually delayed anything. And the real reason why Nintendo has yet to delay anything is because they didn't announce anything until they were absolutely ready. And for that, I say, well done, Nintendo. That's the way you're supposed to do it. And uh, a lot of other developers and publishers could take a, a page from that book and in order to avoid the, I don't know, the, I don't want to say anger, but the disappointment that comes with um, delaying your games when, of course, you're doing it for the right reasons. But that doesn't mean that they didn't actually delay anything. It just means that they hadn't announced anything, so they didn't need to tell us that there was a delay. Well, we just got, you know, the the Mario 35th anniversary news. They, they just told us about all of this stuff. But it turns out that that may have been actually delayed by five months. Uh, This story comes to us from Nintendo Life, and um, here's what it says. Now, fans have discovered that a portion of Nintendo's official website, which has since been removed, details an event that was originally planned to take place inside Super Mario Maker 2 on the 14th of April, five months ahead of last week's 35th anniversary announcement. Uh, For those of you that don't know, um, as part of the Mario 35th anniversary thing, uh, there is a Mario Maker 2 Ninji speedrun where you're going to play through this officially created Nintendo course in Super Mario Maker 2, and you're going to speedrun through it. And I guess it's themed around the 35th anniversary of Mario And I guess this was supposed to happen back on April 14th at 7 p.m. Pacific time until April 21st at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Well, that didn't happen. And we found out that now it's going to be happening, uh, you know, five months later. So perhaps all of the stuff that Nintendo uh, had recently announced for Super Mario 35, perhaps all of that stuff was delayed. Now, we don't have any way of knowing, but that also it makes a lot of sense. I mean, we had Animal Crossing at the beginning of the year and then just crickets from Nintendo. There was nothing for them to talk about up until they announced, I think it was a month ahead of time, uh, Super Paper Mario and the Origami King. But then after that, it was nothing. And it seems like there's been a dearth of... Of information of new stuff from first-party Nintendo stuff, and perhaps Nintendo was planning on leaning heavily on all of this 35th anniversary, Uh, like kind of like back on the in the Wii U, we had the year of Luigi. Perhaps Nintendo was going to try and lean into that with Mario. Um, We don't have any way of knowing, but this is a pretty good indicator that that's uh, certainly a possibility. What do you guys think? Do you think? everything that we're playing um later on this year i believe um the new mario game comes out september 18th do you think all of that stuff was supposed to be much earlier in the year let me know what you think um on uh twitter at run Stomp, i forgot my own my own handle there for a second on twitter at run Stomp, i'm going to tweet that question out and uh you guys can reply to it and we'll take care of uh your answers on friday's mailbag episode Speaking of the new Mario game, um, that game isn't even out yet. Like, it comes out on the 18th, and there's pre-orders. And uh, this, again, this story also comes to us from Nintendo Life. But it's already Nintendo's, or actually 2020's, not just for Nintendo, but 2020's second best-selling game on Amazon um, just for pre-orders. Like, the only game that has sold more copies on... Uh, on Amazon in 2020 is Animal Crossing and this game isn't even out yet like this game was announced what I don't know like five days ago or something like that and it's already the second best-selling game of the year that's pretty crazy and and honestly that's only physical copies um that's not counting digital copies. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people who end up going with a digital copy. I know that I will, uh, when I pick it up, I probably won't pick it up right away. I'm probably going to wait until, uh, maybe Christmas time or something like that. Like seems like a good Christmas time game, uh, when I've got some extra time to play, but man, uh, this game is selling really, really well in pre-orders and, It's also selling pretty well on eBay. If you go on eBay right now and you look for Super Mario 3D All-Stars, you can see a whole bunch of of, uh, scalpers who are trying to make a quick buck by buying these limited edition copies of this game and then turning around and selling it. And I think Nintendo is very... I don't even want to say in a small way to blame. I think in a big way... Nintendo is to blame here and it's not because they're making a limited edition physical copy it's because they're making the the digital version also limited edition that increases the value of the physical version of the game a lot because if we get to um I think what is it March 31st yeah March the last day of their fiscal year of their 2020 fiscal year, if we get to March 31st and you have not bought that game yet, you can't buy the digital copy anymore. And you can't buy the physical copy anymore unless like it's still in stores, but Nintendo isn't shipping anymore. And trust me, by by March 30th, 2021, it will not be in stores anymore. So the only place that you're going to be able to get it is from scalpers, That would not be the case if this game were not a limited digital uh, copy as well. And I think that Nintendo is sharing a huge chunk of the blame for scalpers uh, scalping Nintendo stuff. And most of the time, I would have said, you know, I mean, sure, Nintendo shares a small bit of the blame when it comes to scalpers scalping their stuff, but when it comes to this uh this is all on nintendo this is 100 percent their fault and it would not happen if they weren't trying to manipulate people by creating a a fake uh bit of scarcity which is i don't know just dumb i'm not gonna harp on it because i talked about it uh quite a bit last episode if you really want to hear me rant go back an episode and check it out Speaking of uh, Super Mario 3D, um, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, I always struggle with that. Um, Over 170 songs are included in Super Mario 3D All-Stars in their weird little music player. Again, I can't imagine using that for anything, but I think that it's cool that they've included it. If you're somebody who loves listening to uh, Nintendo music, do you listen on your Switch? Do you, like do you just put it in MP3 mode, turn off the the screen, and listen to it? I'm actually going to reply to this tweet from Nintendo of Europe, and uh, well, maybe I'll reply to the tweet. I, yeah, I'm going to reply to the tweet with a poll and ask, "Do you use the the are you planning on using the built-in MP3 player in this game to listen to Mario music? Because I think that it's kind of weird, and uh, I think that what Nintendo should do instead is, or not instead, but in addition to, is put this music on Spotify, put this music on Apple Music, put this music on YouTube Music, put this music on all of those uh, music platforms where people go and they listen to music. Put it on there for people to listen to. I don't understand why they would want to lock it behind buying the game. They would make way more money uh, the other way. Um, Fisto in chat is saying, none of the songs matter except for dire, dire docs. Uh, Meiji Moose said, I did when Smash first came out, but that's about it. And yeah, I can see somebody trying it just to like, does it work the way that it should? Uh, Like just trying it, but I can't see people using it very often. Let me know if I'm wrong. Before we get to the mailbag, I'm just going to take a quick second. And uh, I was talking to my wife about how hard it is to find uh, Nintendo news to talk about because they're so tight-lipped thanks to COVID-19. And um, she said, why don't you do a, like, this day in Nintendo history thing? And I was like, that's a great idea. And so I found this uh, this website, uh, nintendo.fandom.com, and they have a this day in history section. So I thought I would just tell you guys about a couple of things that happened on today, September 7th. In Nintendo history, so back in 1990, Backgammon was released in Japan for the original Famicom Disk System. Uh, in 2004, Pokemon Fire Green, Fire, Fire Green, Fire Red, and Leaf Green was released in North America for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, in 2009, Clubhouse Games Express Family Favorites was released in North America as DSiWare. Remember (laughs) DSiWare? And then finally in 2010, NHL Slapshot was released in North America for the Nintendo Wii. So there you go. There's a little bit of history for you. Let's move on to the mailbag. I asked this question a bit ago. I said, I love playing board games. Uh, There are a few board games on the Switch. Which board games would you like to see on the Switch, give a quick description of what the game is like. And the example that I gave was Space Cadets, which is a really great game. I'm going to give another example of a really fantastic board game that is a co-op focused board game that I think would be awesome on the Nintendo Switch. And that would be uh, based on Dungeons and Dragons. It's called The Legend of Drist, the board game. It's fantastic. And I would love it if I could play it up on the big screen with people. Uh, let's take a look and see what people uh, have said. Um, Vaxer, who is uh, a, an awesome moderator and my favorite robot, uh, he said, Sheriff of Nottingham, players play as merchants to sell goods to make profit. They can smuggle goods for higher profit. One of the players plays as the sheriff and checks other players' goods and confiscate slash make a deal for illegal goods and money that they would get from them. And then the roles switch. That sounds really cool. Uh, Bowser says, Ticket to Ride. It's a fun game about building railroads and blocking other players' paths. I played the version on Game Pass, but it's single player only. It needs online multiplayer. Um, okay, so I'm all for online multiplayer. But if I remember in Ticket to Ride, like you have, you have uh, cards that are secret. So you could not have local multiplayer, unfortunately. Uh, but online multiplayer would work really, really well. Uh, Nintendo Bus says, Axis and Allies. It's a World War II strategy game like Super Risk. It was my favorite board game when I was in high school. Joe Barrett says, Stratego, one of my favorite games growing up and would make a great video game. Uh, I've never played Stratego, so I don't know if it would be online only. Like, any of these games where you have to keep secrets from the other players, could not be played locally unless you had a bunch of Switches. So uh, that's just something to keep in mind, and I don't know if Stratego is like that or not. Um It's Mr. Falland says, I played Monopoly Party Blast on GameCube for so many hours with my brothers. The Monopoly version for Switch is terrible and slow. Make a fast Monopoly game for Switch. Uh, what I will say, Mr. Falland is check out Monopoly Gamer. I'm not really a huge fan of Monopoly, but Monopoly Gamer it has like Mario themed and like it's an actual board board game, not like a video game. Uh, and it's actually pretty fast and it's actually pretty fun. So I would say check that out even though it's not a board game. Um, Andre Lang said... I would love to see Race for the Galaxy for Nintendo Switch. It's my favorite game. And Trucker Paul says, The Game of Life. I'm going to have to disagree with Trucker Paul there. I'm not a big fan of the board game Life. I just don't like it at all. But it's not always about me. All right. Uh, Joel Mead in chat says, uh, Stratego is freaking awesome. And, um... Asher Sky says, Epic Games needs to bring uh, Magic the Gathering Arena to the Switch. I can I can get behind that. All right. Thank you all for your responses to that. Let's go ahead and wrap up today's show. Uh, if you have not already joined our community Discord, you're missing out on fantastic conversations with awesome people. There's over 1,500 other people waiting to talk to you about video games movies tv shows just general chatter uh so head on over uh to my website and uh, check out our discord at runjumpstomp.com and you know what i almost forgot to thank our producers which makes me feel like a jerk our producers are the people who've gone to uh patreon.com slash run and joined at the producer level Uh, Those are people like Eric Smith, Matt Hadfield, Bowser, Travis McGuire, Trucker Paul, who was featured in today's episode as well, uh, as well as Joycephine and the mayor of Toad Town. The music from today's episode was all by Noteblock, so make sure that you check out their music because they are incredibly talented and they let me use their music on the show. And that's it for this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. I will see you guys on Wednesday. I hope you have a great day. Bye-bye.